When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by my beautiful co-host, Elisa Woods. Hey, Elisa. hi How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What? <laughs> You just, there was a strange delay there, and I was waiting for you to make some smart, smarty pants comment to me. <laughs> no, there was a strange delay when you were saying you're like I, the way I think that something's going on with my internet because I just had that little blue spinning circle, but it was like on the, and I was like cyclone fanatic, but I think it was just a little delayed. I was like, are you are you are you passing it to me, or? <laughs> okay, so no smarty pants comments at least yet. <laughs> They're coming, I'm sure. They're coming. I have so many. I believe that. All right. Well, as you guys know, the entire Cyclone Fanatic podcast network is fueled by Cody Road. And all of these podcasts are made possible thanks to our friends at the Wild Rose Casino and Resort. And our sponsor of the Title IX podcast, the Debbie and Jerry Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Thank you, as always, for being a longstanding supporter of the Title IX podcast. Elisa? It's March. I can't. Okay. I can't believe it's March and I feel like March is flying. I know. I'm so stressed out about this. I know. And then I, uh, yesterday and over the weekend, um, there were all the conference tournament championships on yeah. and it's just like, wow, how in the world? I did know. We get I there? like heard the, the arch madness and I was like, well, surely not yet. Oh, it's like, yep. It's here. I almost sang the the March, the CBS sports, you know, the the (laughs) NCAA theme song to you. You almost did? Why don't you sing it? I don't know. I was just, it just. La, 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 la. (laughs) Maybe you should do it. (laughs) But you know, it's one of those songs, kind of like the master's music. Yeah. Where it hits and you're like, (laughs) we made it. We did it. We're here. (laughs) It just has that immediate effect. Wait, when are the Masters? Are they coming up soon? soon? It feels like that. It's because Jim Nance calls the national title game and then turns around and goes to the Masters. And I always think about what a lucky SOB he is. (laughs) Masters 2023 dates. Oh, what? July? No, payments open July. Okay. April 6th yeah. through Sunday, April 9th. Yeah. So right after the national championship game for the so men. one month. It's wild. We're here though. We're here. We're out here. And af- after a roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster, reg- <laughs> roller coaster of a regular season, both the men and the women, I think led on a high, or left on a high note, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Cyclone men yeah. go down and beat Baylor. And the the quote I kept thinking of was from Clark Griswold, where he says, if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> I mean, that's how I went. I, I, I was away for the first, most of the first, no, all the first half and most of the second half. And I saw the score and I just thought, yeah. Surely, surely I'm not seeing this right. <laughs> so I like pretty much watched the whole thing by myself. I think, well, I guess Arnold watched the first half with me, but then he went to go get lunch for everybody. And I just sat there watching it and mm-hmm. it, it just took him forever to get lunch. And I was like, I, is, is there somebody else I can like, Enjoy talk this to, <laughs> like make sure I'm not dreaming and even right. like Baylor made a couple made a couple um there's a couple times where they just had a little, little bit of a run and I was yeah. like are we gonna give this one up like please don't give this one up yeah I mean that would have kind of matched the pattern of the season unfortunately yeah. but but they didn't and obviously that comes off the heels of Caleb Grib grill being dismissed from the team and I think that's been discussed ad nauseum at this point yeah. you and I probably don't have much more to add other than to say 
they found new life and who's to know if that carries into Kansas City this week or if it carries into the NCAA tournament. But they found a spark and that's, I think, private to the team to figure out what that spark was. But I'm happy for them because regardless of the circumstances, no one wants a teammate kicked off on March, the beginning of the first week of March. That's just not good for anybody. So proud of them for rebounding, proud of TJ for coaching his arse off. And I'm excited (laughs) to see what kind of a run they make. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, it just felt like they were in control of the whole game, which they really were in control the whole game, except for maybe like an 11-0 run towards the start of the second half. Um, But other than that, it just felt like they kind of just beat them into submission. And at the end, it just felt like Baylor was like, let's just get this over with and get to Kansas City. Like, let's Which just- is similar to how that Kansas game went in Ames. Yeah. Yourself looked dejected. And yes. so we've done that to a couple of really good teams this year. Yes. What a weird season. I know. I, I would like weird. to hear somebody smarter than me analyze those two games versus the others and just right. say, like, here are the things that we excelled in far differently than some of the games where we didn't play quite as well. I'm sure it's really everywhere, you know, like we had more rebounds, less turnovers, you know, stuff like that. I'd be curious to see if any patterns emerge from those as well. Yeah, we can do that at some point. I was just going to say, why don't we outsource to Alex Gookin? (laughs) You're up, buddy. Please. And it was a strange, I mean, we've talked about this too. The, The way the women's season has played out has been equally strange, but they had a dominating win over tech on senior night. And we found out um, over the weekend that Ashley Jones is the big 12 player of the year and first team, all big 12 um, awards for Emily Ryan, who made the second team, all big 12, Lexi Donarski, honorable mention and the all defensive team. And then Danae Fritz made the all freshman team. None of those things are surprising. (laughs) Incredibly proud of all of them. But it was nice to see them go out on a win and kind of get some swagger back um, in some in dominating fashion. So the interesting part about Hilton South, the Big 12 tournament, is that both the men and the women play Baylor. So I thought because you and I focus so much on the women that we could break down this opening Friday night game against Baylor. (laughs) The question is. Do you think we can come out of there with a win? Baylor is not the dominating Baylor of years past, but we still continue to have trouble with the Baylor-esque players. (laughs) They're the sixth seed. We have a home loss against Baylor and an away win in that two-overtime bonanza. We had the Naidu game when we lost at home where she went 10 for 13 from the floor and went bonkers. And then in the win away down in Waco, that's when uh, Danae Fritz hit those key shots at the end of game, the game. And then Ashley Jones came alive in overtime. And I honestly think the key, Elisa, is having someone other than Ashley Jones step up and have a dominating game, much like Naidu did in the loss against Baylor. Yeah. If it all comes down to Ashley Jones, I think we're in trouble is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I mean, Baylor is kind of known for being big, being physical. They're not Long, the Baylor maybe. that they once were when, sure. you know, the coach the that, shall not be na- <laughs> that shall not be named. Um, but uh, it. I don't I don't know because I typically say this depends on which Iowa State team shows up but sure. this also this game specifically also depends on which Baylor team shows up yeah. because yeah. I think that Baylor still they still have the players they still have a great coach um and I think that it, it, they could beat anybody in the country really if we're maybe not anybody (laughs) like you know if they're having a a really great day yeah if they're having a really really great game then i think that they could re they could beat pretty much anybody um ah, that's such a like cop out for me me to say that but no it's not because it's similar to the men where you have I feel the same thing about the men. You could, they could beat literally anyone in the country on any, on certain nights, yeah. but then there are also nights when they could get beat by pretty much anyone in the country. Yeah. And it and all I'm, depends on who shows up. I'm kind of trying to look through Baylor's, um, Baylor's schedule. And I don't know. They beat Texas. 
they beat number 15 texas um a couple weeks ago the 27th so like a week ago that's i think their only ranked win this year well they would have beat us when we were ranked maybe these are maybe when i'm looking at these it's are their rankings probably current now. rankings right yeah. yes that's probably right yeah so so i i don't know i think part of the reason i'm so hesitant with baylor is because of past baylor teams and maybe i'm too hesitant because as we've said they're not the baylor of the past yeah. but i they still have that caliber and i just i don't know i don't feel super great about it but i think if they can get past that game get some get some more confidence flowing it could be a super super fun weekend in kansas city for the women yeah definitely are you going down or not no no i i never have i just don't like crowds and I yeah just, well if you don't like crowds it's not your thing no i would yeah. rather like stay at home and watch the games that i want to watch yeah. as opposed to like the games that are on the tvs there and stuff yeah. so i will say it is um one of my favorite experiences ever going now we're not going yeah? this year oh um, but it is a blast i hope that Iowa State can show out for the fans that are going. Mm -hmm. But the cool part is I think Iowa State appreciates it um, for the basketball, especially the Big 12, the way it's been top to bottom in a really tough league this year. So even if something unfortunate happens and there's early exits, it's a good time. And I wish everybody who's heading down south to Hilton South good weather and <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun. I love it. Did you see the Big 12 tournament? Um is has some really really cool entertainment going on. Um, thanks, Brett Yormark. Yeah, They're, yeah. Shaq is doing his little DJ ditty. Yeah, <laughs> and then and they I have thought, like some sort of special special food or something. Yes, you know, I heard food. about the food. Tell of me course, more about right. this. It just sounds like they're doing more of a fan village, um, mm -hmm. and obviously people gather around Power and Light. That's just the natural place to go. But it seems like the Big Twelve this year is really wanting to take advantage of that and give additional entertainment opportunities and the coolest part in there is that next year the women are heading over to the t-mobile center they're in the separate arena this year for the last time and i have mixed feelings about that but i thought it was cool in the press release about the entertainment that's available and the food that's available it said starting next year we're offering the same thing for the women's tournament nice. because because they are not at the same time next year and they're back-to-back -back weeks instead of overlapping i could see how it would be easy to overlook the women's tournament and only provide those amenities for the men's tournament. And it's very clear that they're not doing that. So yeah. I was proud to see that. And then for the women's tournament this year, the big 12 is partnering with the Kansas city current, um, national women's soccer league team down there. And why wouldn't you take advantage right. of the fan support you have and this really, um, growing franchise. And I just, I'm, I'm really excited to see, Kansas City blow up this weekend and and in years to come it's such yeah, it's definitely. such a cool experience I um as somebody who used to work tournaments and work yeah. the NCAA tournament and stuff I wonder what it would look like to combine the two tournaments together and that might be just a logistical absolute nightmare, nightmare to right. get people in and out and stuff like that but I don't I don't know I'm just curious what it would look like to kind of like just Instead join of back the two to back, together yeah 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 like intertwine them yeah, because it's tough to stay down there, you know, for oh, yeah. basically like a week and a half. That's why I worry next year about attendance for the women because, and I know I'm only looking at it from an Iowa State perspective, but I know a ton of fans who go down there because they're overlapping days currently mm -hmm. and hit both. And I worry that the back-to-back -back times and having them both in the T-Mobile Center um, is going to make some people choose and yeah. I would hate for getting um, having too many fans choose the men over the women because yeah. of that. But I don't know. And maybe maybe the people who are diehard women's fans are going to go regardless and it won't be that much of a drop off. So, yeah, I guess only I, time will tell. It would it would take I mean, you would have to have like at least three games, maybe four games a day. That would be really tough. And I bet that a lot of the teams would have to play early early in the morning yeah like, i don't you know I'm, yes right it would be yeah there are pros and cons of everything and at some point we just have to like take the upgrades where we can yes. get them there's yeah, no, I know. nothing's ever gonna why be perfect I, 
that's why I really, I don't want that to come off as me complaining because they're going right. from a less than stellar arena to the T-Mobile center. And I get it. I, I am as fierce of a supporter as equal amenities as, as anybody, you know that. And so yeah. I don't want it to come off as complaining, but it is tricky for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Super tricky. Logistic nightmare. <laughs> But for this year, enjoy it. Go cheer on the men and the women and have the best time. And Elisa and I will be cheering for our couches. Yes. Or maybe, um, I'll find a, maybe I'll find a little bar here to cheer little, from. A little pub. There you go. Maybe. 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 Um, Elisa, in our longstanding discussion of if you put women's basketball and women's sports in general on TV, people will watch. Oh, yeah. I have a new statistic for you. Oh, I love it. The total viewing of women's college basketball was up 54% this season across all nationally rated networks. And this is according to a Fox analytics uh, specialist. So it includes. Can you you say it one more time? Start over again. Total viewing. Because I didn't hear the very start. Total viewing. Of women's college basketball. Okay, college basketball. Got it. Yes. F- up 54% on all nationally. So we're talking networks like ESPN, Fox, and I think they include a Big Ten network on there as well. Okay. And it was um, pretty cool to read. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Continue to add that down. <laughs> I was reading the comments to this tweet and it was, it gave me the warm and fuzzies. Normally comments are atrocious, but this one was different. And there were several, I'm just going to read you one. It said, I've watched more women's basketball in the last two years than I have in the last 69 years put together. And I know it is so obvious and I know people probably get so sick of us saying this, but why do you think that is? Because it's accessible. Right. And I just, this is... I have, we have yet to see a statistic that tells us accessibility does not lead to growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue saying it out loud and, and yelling it from these mountaintops because I just think it's important for people to see why this matters. Yeah, definitely. And I read, and I think that we've mentioned this before, but the for the first time ever, the Women's Mar- March Madness title game is going to air on network yes. TV with a pregame show. And yes. I knew that it was going to be on network TV, but I didn't hear that it was going to be a pregame show. And I'm curious, who do you think is going to, who do we think is going to be on that little pregame show? Our friend of the pod, Holly. Maybe I don't know. Holly. I don't I would know. Be, the I would imagine this. I, I don't know the answer to it, either. but yeah. And I wonder if they know yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they have um, somebody hired for that. Yeah, but. probably. It's just been. Um, and if you if you listen to our podcast, there's a solid chance. I don't think there's a hundred percent overlap, but there's a pretty solid chance you also follow Twitter's discussions about all of this too. And there was an interesting discussion last week about. Um, when Caitlin Clark hit that game winner after the uh, the college game day game, and that was their you know regular season home finale, and she hits this game winner of a bomb. And there's all these discussions about is her popularity, is the attention on her good for the game? And I don't, we don't have to relitigate that because it's been discussed a lot on on social media, but. It's the way I feel about her is similar to, I think, well, this is not the perfect analogy because I I like Caitlin Clark, but I can see how people who don't like Caitlin Clark might approach her like Kim Mulkey in a way where you recognize that she is good for the game. You can't stand her and don't want to cheer for her, but you appreciate that she's a badass coach. And I, I like it. But you don't do want like- the window in window. Like you don't, you don't want just a, you know, picture <laughs> right. in picture where you just yeah. watch her for the entire game. And I think it's slightly, di- yeah, fair. I think it's slightly <laughs> different with Caitlin because she is a different, I mean, she's not parading up and down the sidelines and ripping off her jacket. Like she's playing basketball. Yeah. And um, I, I guess my larger point though is, She's good for women's basketball. Um, and I I was sitting after this discussion kind of erupted on social media last week. I was getting my hair cut and I'm, I was listening to this discussion of these ladies who I would imagine were in their 50s. Clearly not sports fans based on the way they were talking about women's basketball. Um, not the right terminology or anything like that. But they're talking about how they think it's cool that this this girl from over in Iowa city is getting so much attention nationally. And then I was on the airplane over the weekend and I'm hearing people talking about this Iowa women's basketball player. And I just, I, it is so much fun, whether she's a Hawkeye or a cyclone or whatever to see people who, who definitely wouldn't be interested in the game suddenly take an interest and it's all ages, it's all genders. And it's just, 
I am I am very happy to watch the game that you and I love so much be celebrated the way it is right now. And I think this is just the beginning. And I think the momentum is only going to continue forward. And I'm sure you saw it over the weekend, the Big Ten championship game for the women, largest single game attendance in Big 12, or sorry, Big Ten women's basketball history. And we've seen so many attendance and viewership records broken every year since we've started this podcast. And I just I just think it's important to celebrate that. And every time we see a stat or something that um, supports that comment of ours, that accessibility matters, I think I think we should say it. And I think that um, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I think that saying that people have to respect her and they have to enjoy watching her and they have to tune in is almost doing no, no, a dis- no. But I think that a, a lot of people are saying this and I think that it's doing a real disservice to the actual sport of women's college basketball. When I first started watching the NBA, um, I watched a lot of the heat and LeBron was on the heat. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't like LeBron, like, get out of my way. You know what I mean? Like that's how you were. You mean? Yeah. And I, and I think I had tweets like that. That was like, if you don't like LeBron, then you don't like real NBA basketball. And I had just started watching NBA really. And as I kind of grow grew to understand the sport better, I started to like, you know, form alliances. I started to get Mm -hmm. these teams that I liked and LeBron was on the team that would oftentimes be beating or being competing against the teams that I really liked. And so Mm -hmm. I started to kind of dislike him. Did it make him not the best player in basketball? No, it didn't. But did it make me want to like go and seek out his games and watch them when he wasn't playing the teams that I loved? No, I didn't want to see him anymore. I didn't want to hear about him anymore. I, you know, I, I just got, it was more nuanced than just, I am going to watch the best player play. And I think that, um, I think that there's just this whole conversation about like, well, you know, put your, put your team to the side and, and watch this team that's, that has this one great player. And it's like Mm -hmm. UNC isn't knocking down the doors to watch Duke's best player ever. Mm -hmm. They've never been. And so I, I, I don't have any interest in watching Caitlin Clark and it's fine that she's great. It's fine i don't care you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i didn't care well, that Luca was great last year well, okay but time out care. this is the difference this is the difference i appreciate all of that this is the difference though is we're not talking about the nba and we're ta- not talking about men's college basketball we're talking about women's college basketball that really has struggled as we've we've talked about to get eyeballs and we're getting those eyeballs. And unfortunately, I think we have to go out of our way. We have a responsibility as women's basketball fans to celebrate those moments when we get the eyeballs. And I'm not saying we need to root for her. I'm not saying you need to go out and buy your Caitlin Clark shirt. I'm not saying any of that. I just think that recognizing that eyeballs on Caitlin Clark mean more eyeballs on women's basketball is a good thing. And for me, it's better for the greater good. And I do think we we've talked, Elisa, you do a really good job of this at when we compare um, dollars or viewership or attendance numbers, you do a really good job of reminding listeners that women's sports are in their infancy comparative to men's. And so And that's what's happening here. And the only way to continue propelling all of that forward and getting to a point where we feel like it's an equal playing field or as close as it'll ever get to equal. I just think it's, I think we have a responsibility to do more. Again, I'm not saying you need to cheer for her, anything like that. I just say my, my bigger point is, and you don't, I'm not accusing you of this, but if you're not going to respect that, just get out of the way and let the people who want to celebrate it, celebrate it. That is, that is as far as I feel like anybody has to go, but get out of the way as in like, stop watching the sport or no, shut no, up no, 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 don't no, talk no. about it or just what? don't bash her. Don't bash her. And but then what's the a, difference sh- between sh- like bashing arguably one of the greatest women's basketball coaches of all time and Kim Mulkey? Like what's the difference there? I'm not, I don't think I've ever said she's not a good coach though. But I don't think people are saying that Caitlin Clark isn't a good player. I think we're saying like, we don't want to watch her play. 
I've seen a lot of things that have said that she's not deserving of the attention she gets, that the attention she gets takes away from other things. And I just don't think that's But that's what we say all. about Kim Mulkey, too, is that she's not deserving of the attention that she gets and it takes away. Like, that was the whole point of the picture in picture thing is that you're taking away from the game. Like, we want to yeah, watch the game. you're taking away from the players of the game. And I, Caitlin Clark is a player of the game. To me, okay. Kim, to me Kim Mulkey is a she is an incredible coach, an incredible coach. But I don't need to see her antics on the sideline. There's nothing about that that's like making the game more palatable for people or more exciting for people. For Caitlin, like you're getting people who have never watched a single minute of women's basketball before. And to me, that's the difference. And I guess she I don't think she's take like to me, you're when you take when you have a picture in picture of um of Kim. You're taking away from the athletes on the court here with Caitlin. I don't think you're taking away from other players. And I know there's been a lot of like discussion in the last couple of weeks of maybe the attention to Caitlin Clark means we're giving less attention to Ashley Jones. And I just don't think that's true, especially in Iowa. Um, You know, you have the divisions of who covers Iowa, who covers Iowa state and Ashley Jones is getting incredible attention for all of the accolades she's earned and she deserves all of it. Every last inch of newspapers tweets, she deserves all of it, but Ashley isn't flashy. She's not some, you know, she's not going to pull up from half court. So she was never going to have highlights on this sports center top 10. And I just think that's the difference is I don't, we, there's not a pie to me in this instance. Now, if we're talking about like local coverage, maybe there is a pie, but, I, but w- the local coverage to me does a great job of covering both. So I don't know. I just think nationally, the more eyeballs that are on Caitlin Clark, the better, and you don't have to like it, but at least just don't, don't say things to cut her down. That's my, that is my only request. I think that like, I don't know. I just think that. I'm not a fan of Iowa and I don't care who it is playing and I don't care what sort of like history is being made. Like I wish that it wasn't at Iowa because I don't like their team. I don't want to watch them and I don't want to hear about them. And I think that that's okay. And I think it is okay, but I think that that's the point of a rivalry. And I think that like Iowa state people are vocal on Twitter. I mean, for sure. You don't, you don't go out of your way to say like, if she wins the, if she wins the player of the year award, you're not going to go out of your way to be like, she didn't deserve that. I That's go out of my you. way. I go out of my way to not talk about her on Twitter because I don't That's care fine. about her. That's Tim. That is, ex- I think that is perfectly fine. I am talking about the people who go out of their way to criticize or cut her down or just cut the entire discussion about her down. I just don't I think, think that what if you're it was doing the is- other way around and we had the best player in the country, Iowa fans would not be falling all over themselves to, tweet about our best and maybe they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't but i would still go out and say like you should you should because i think that if you are a if you are a women's sports fan and this isn't fair none of this is fair i really i appreciate that but if you the unfortunate truth is that Sometimes we're going to have to root for, not even root for, respect our foes because they are better for the game. You don't have to cheer for them. You don't have to wish them well. All I'm asking, all I'm asking, all I'm asking is to respect it and to let the other people who want to celebrate it, celebrate it. I don't know. I think we might have to disagree on this because like there are a lot of Iowa players that I just don't respect and I don't care whether they're good or whether they're not. I just don't like them. And I don't, I don't think that like in sports, this idea that you will, you have to respect someone. If you're playing, I think that you do need to respect somebody, but if you're sitting in your house screaming at the TV, like, but you're telling me if an Iowa fan were out there were telling us that Ashley Clark didn't deserve the, or sorry, Ashley Clark, Ashley Jones didn't deserve the big 12 player of the year award. Like that wouldn't piss you off. I just don't care. I, like Iowa players, Iowa fans like get on Twitter. They don't even watch their team's games. Sometimes they just get on Twitter and like, yell about our team they don't like they don't even care about their team doing well all they care about is our team not doing well and i just don't i i just think this <laughs> like, women i, I think we are lumping an entire discussion about sports in general into a very nuanced discussion about women's basketball their women's basketball crowds and their fan base is admirable and i wish we had it right now 
And I am so I think my I appreciate that the NBA that men's basketball is different. I just because of the nature of how things how unequal and inequitable things have been for so long, I am comfortable taking a step out of my fandom and saying she is a badass and good for her. Okay. And that's if that is that is how I feel about it. And I think that that holds women's basketball back. So I think that that's just how we're going. That would to... be great if th- that would be great if things were equal, but they're not. And so, if you think Caitlin Clark is not good for basketball, like I don't know how to argue with you. About well, that. I mean, I don't care. It's not that I don't think she's good. It's that I don't care. And okay, fine. well, I care. Make me not a good <laughs> basketball fan. Honestly, I don't care. I'm a sports fan, no, and I women's basketball are. is a sport. And that for me, that's how I lump it in is that it's a sport to me and I cannot sit and watch an Iowa game and get excited about it. It's just not in my DNA and there's nothing like I'm not going to sit here and, and hear you tell me everything you've said on Twitter. I'd like, fine, go for it. I'm not stopping anyone from watching her. I personally just don't want to watch her. And that's just, that's what it is. I just think you're, I think that's fine. I think you're missing out and I am going to continue lifting her up and shouting out from the rooftops. And I'm not expecting everyone to do that, but I, that's, that's where we differ on it. And that's okay to, that's okay. And I think that's wholly unnecessary because I hate Iowa, but I mean, that's where we differ. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. You had a story about the, some smaller, was it a fifth grade? Yeah. Rec team in Alabama? Yes, it was. Um, Do you want to get into that before the break? Are we going to take the break and then our very super secret that we haven't mentioned interview? (laughs) Yes. So I thought we could talk about that, um, take a break, and then we do our shout outs. So I thought we could run through those quickly and then you can do your super secret interview. Okay. So you, do you want to tell everyone about your super yeah, secret so, interview? Yeah. Um, so I used to work at the Iowa Event Center. Uh, so I have a connection there and their marketing department reached out and asked if we would like to interview one of the female Globetrotters that was um, going to come into town. And they were in town this last week. When was that interview? Like Friday, I think it I talked Friday, to her. Yes, yeah. It was Friday, yes. And so I talked to Mia Mighty Hopkins from the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, she travels with the Globetrotters. Um, she was here talking about, you know, doing the press tour for the Globetrotters. And so talk to her about being on the Globetrotters, being a woman on the Globetrotters. And then she also played overseas um, between college and this. And so I talked to her a little bit about what the WNBA is trying to do to keep players from having to go overseas and what that looks like for both the WNBA game and what that looks for the overseas game. So we had that combo and I think it was pretty cool. So stick around to listen to that. I'm pumped to hear that. So we're going to do that at the end of the pod. Um, do you want to talk about the this Alabama story? Do you want to wait for yeah. more to come out? Okay. No, we, I can kind of give you guys a little bit of a rundown. So there's this fifth grade team and the the headline was kind of like fifth grade girls team wins tournament um, against all boys team, but they give the trophy to the runner up boys team. They won't give it to the girls team. And um, at first I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, come on, Alabama. <laughs> we know that you let, you know, criminals play on your basketball team, but this, this, so um, I read a little bit more and the way that it is, is that, so they were practicing, excuse me, they were practicing in this gym and they were basically like an AAU team, like a club team. So it was the best fifth grade girls in the area were all on this one team. So then there was a city rec league of boys teams that were in the same gym. And Mm -hmm. that gym was specifically for the city rec teams. And so the season started and the rec league said, unfortunately, like you're going to have to um, find another gym to play in unless you want to play in this boys league. And 
that's been the way for apparently allegedly for many other boys teams as well um, that they've also had to play in this league. And I guess that it was made clear from the start that if you do win the tournament, you're not going to get the trophy. So not only that, but they also had to play, I guess, two grades up, but that's where it got a little bit confusing because so two grades up would be seventh grade, but then it said that it was a fifth grade tournament. So that's where things are a little bit confusing to me. So they still did have to play in the fifth grade tournament um, against boys. And so they played the whole season with these boys um, Mm -hmm. and they were kind of middle of the pack during the whole season. Um, Didn't really stand out, just played hard, got better and then got into the tournament and ended up winning the tournament. I mean, we know how that goes at I, as Iowa State fans, middle of the pack, right. and then end up winning the tournament. That's um, right. So that was how the season went. And then they said, no, you can't have the trophy. We told you in the beginning you couldn't have the trophy, this runner-up boys team. So there are a couple little nuances. Like the boys teams were not all-star teams and this girl team is technically like an all-star team because it's a club team mm-hmm. um a lot more money probably poured into the girls team um stuff like that so that's the story um they said that they're going to look into compensating all of those who like all of the champions or something like that, you know, in the league there, there, they saw the, there was an uproar and they were like, well, wait a minute. You know, we told them from the start that they couldn't have it, but it just feels a little dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels a little yeah. bit like, yeah, we'll let you play while we but stomp you. Can't you. Have the trophy. Yeah. Like we'll let you play and stomp all over you in the regular season. But then when you come and beat us, we're going to take our ball and go home. Yeah. That's how, that's a perfect analogy for it. That's really how it feels. And you're right. It is more complicated than that. There were things that were, there were expectations set forth, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So keep us updated on that because I have a feeling that's one of those like salacious stories that yeah i can kind of like i can it doesn't sound as like yee as as yeah as the headline reads because the headline was just kind of from an angry mom who was like they wouldn't give my daughter (laughs) a trophy yeah yeah so that was that we'll keep up on that story okay that sounds good well good job girls we're proud of you even if they didn't (laughs) give you a trophy um quick uh, mentioned before we head to our break we want to thank our friend hope wood um hope wood jd she does the will in a day program we've talked about her for months on the podcast but um check her out at hopewoodjd.com you can go to her handle your will in just a couple of hours and if you use the promotion fanatic you'll get 50 dollars off your will in a day we are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right, Elisa, before we get into our quick shout outs, um, just before your interview, I did have someone, we had someone, our... Um, Friend Sean Jankowski reached out and asked us what we thought about this Gary Barda University of Iowa racial discrimination lawsuit settlement. And the facts have been reported over and over again. Um, But just a quick overview. This is the, oh, geez, fourth discrimination lawsuit over the last 10-ish years for the Mm -hmm. University of Iowa Athletic Department. And in this case, the University of Iowa and the Board of Regents settled an agreement with 12 former Iowa football players who accused the program of racial discrimination. It amounts to roughly a $4 million settlement with $2 million of it being paid by the state and $2 million by Iowa Athletics. And there was uproar about it because our state auditor, Rob Sand, voted against the state having to pay out the $2 million um, that it's now responsible for under the terms. Mm -hmm. And I guess my take on it is you know who can uh, continue to fail repeatedly and publicly and keep their jobs (laughs) yeah (laughs) and an older white dude and you know who can't women women of color (laughs) men of color 
And it's just really frustrating to watch all of this play out from an outsider's perspectives. The man's kept his job through several, the man being Gary Barta, through several (laughs) discrimination lawsuits and scandals. And not only that, but he was on the college football playoff committee and he was the damn chairman of the whole thing. And I just, how does someone like that continue to fail up? I'll never know. (laughs) I will literally never know because I am not a man with gray hair (laughs) oh yeah i mean especially in athletics like it seems like gosh you get to a certain place and you're just you're tenured there yeah Yeah. and it happens in and we've talked about this before too the nfl coaching circle like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of failing up in the nfl and in college football too it's very strange so sean that's our take that's at least my take on it If you want to get into like the legal stuff, I'm happy to nerd out with you privately. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I have the, I have the same opinion. It's just like, maybe, maybe I would be a little softer if it was a different university, but for me, like, honestly, leave him there. I think he's doing, (laughs) I think he's doing great. Point. Yeah, let him you stay. Just keep doing your thing, Gary. Yeah, him, with our Brian, platform. keep everybody. We love it. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't <laughs> thought about it that way. I really like it. All right, some fun shout outs. Um, Eleanor Holthouse of Holtus, Holthouse of um, it was just that funny to hear it one. pronounced. It's pronounced, it was pronounced so many different ways during the NCAA tournament. It was yeah. comical. Um, she is continuing her career professionally. She signed to continue playing volleyball with Leonis de Ponce in Puerto Rico. So okay. good for you, Eleanor. We'll be cheering you on. Um, speaking of volleyball, Nebraska volleyball will host an outdoor match at the 90,000 seat Memorial Stadium on August 30th. The record for NCAA volleyball is 18,755. I think they're going to break it. That would be mad. That would be just madness. I think it's going to be in Nebraska. Volleyball fans are rabid. Yeah. But outdoor too. That's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Super weird. But I think it'll be really cool to see. It's like when they play the basketball tournaments on, um, like those, um, top gun, um, ships, you know, like the, the military ships. Yeah. Um, I am not a, ski fan but last week in the world ski championships jesse diggins skied to the first individual world title in u.s cross-country skiing history okay this part was wild to me u.s cross-country skiers have won 13 olympic or world championship medals but this was the first gold medal in an individual event for the united states like where have we been yeah that seems huh jesse good job yeah Everybody else pick up the slack, would you? <laughs> All right. I can take a break. I have some more. Oh, man. I have a couple. I mean, you're, you're just reading through my whole list. So let me get you in there while it. I still can. Um, it looks like Nika Mole. Mole? That's it. There's a U mole, mole. with the um, umla. What is that with the two dots? Oh, That's yeah. so difficult. Mole? Anyway. Anyway, um, she plays for UConn and she passed the record um, with seven. She had seven assists. It looks like like February 27th. And she passed Sue Bird for most assists in a single UConn season. Best most assists Assists in a single single UConn season. season. Yeah. That's a lot of S's. Oh, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Did you see the players ejected after that Kentucky Florida game? Yes. That was madness. She like she just like chucked the ball at that girl. And, and then, do you know what led up to it? I I mean I watched I mean the clearly clip. she was pissed. But. Yeah, it was just like sh- the ball kind of came down right where she was standing and the girl just kind of like had the ball in her face a little bit, but it didn't really seem like a non basketball play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It did not feel necessary, but I'm sure something was said. I'm sure it was chippy for most of, I mean, I mean, most of the game, it was like halfway through the second quarter. So 
Can we speak about, I have another little tidbit about officials. Yeah. Women's basketball. Did you see over the weekend LSU lost in the SEC um, semifinal? Okay. So there's like 12 seconds left and Angel Reese takes the ball down inside and they're down one and she goes up and she's called for an offensive foul. Okay. Like like we're talking about Kim Mulkey a lot this (laughs) podcast. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in women's <laughs> basketball. And I hate being on Kim Mulkey's side, but she melted the hell down. And it was like two straight minutes of Kim Mulkey memes were made from this moment. <laughs> but it was a horrid call. I mean, oh. horrible. So, but at the same time, um, LSU is going to be just fine. You know, yeah. they, they may have lost themselves a seed, but hey. But it was just interesting to see. She tends to melt down over calls that aren't worth yeah. worthy of the meltdown. And this one. Maybe she's been crying wolf a little bit. What? No. <laughs> um, speaking of fights, uh did you see after the Texas Tech game that one of the players like gave the finger to the corner of yeah it was like right over oh, to our friend Megan's name? corner yeah I should ask Megan about it because it was like I right over to that corner not. and I just see like her giving them the finger and I was like what and I'm pretty sure it was one of the players that had gotten like injured earlier in the game and then I think she came oh, back in the second goodness. half but yeah and so then like everybody we were kind of like behind the basket and then everyone in my section is yelling at her like yelling at the players and stuff like go home and one of the coaches was like we will or like we are damn damn right you are well and then they like filtered out and everyone's booing and they filter out and then i just look over and see one of their coaches like pointing and yelling at this lady in the stands and the lady is point it's like an like an older lady pointing and yelling back wow yeah it was insane i was like what is happening i'm telling you women's basketball fans they (sighs) they hold no nothing i mean like it wasn't really it was kind of an intense end of the game. So um, I guess that the Texas tech left their press on, even when we put our, our bench yeah. players in and yeah. that really upset. I think Billy really got upset at that. And okay. he kind of yelled at them during a ha- They, they put it on and they, scored a couple goals they like took our took the ball from us a couple times we couldn't quite break the press because they still had their like and and the coach's response was well i had some freshmen in i wanted them to practice the press and it's like okay but you had the freshmen that were like playing the whole game sure it's practice the press earlier you know what i mean like you've been down by 20 the entire time put them in and press at the beginning of the fourth period or at the fourth quarter yeah the drama yeah so we immediately call a timeout and billy's yelling at them (laughs) and they're like what what you know what i mean like what do you mean at this point it's just like a for fun game whatever and it's Mm -hmm. like no you're trying to get some cheap baskets Mm -hmm. out of us like nice try like you're trying to do us dirty on on senior night and let us not like get out of here right out into the sunset so No, intense intense yeah, oh i do have so. to say this before you have a chance to say it because i know no. that you really Who? want to um jamie chadwick three-time w series racing champ is going to be um the first woman to compete full-time in the indy nxt since i haven't seen that i hate it when they say the first woman since since right 12 years ago and it's right. like okay I, mean, I guess that is a big deal but at first when i read it, it was like the first woman ever and nxt i would assume it's like wrestling nxt where it's just like the up-and-comers kind of like the g league of the indy yeah. car racing that's that's cool i hadn't anyway. seen that no. you beat me to it yes. um here's a couple cool ones i think you'll appreciate these um jennifer cohen has been appointed to the college football selection committee it's the first time there's ever been two women on the committee and she joins perf- uh former reporter kelly whiteside who's the other female on the committee and jennifer for Cohen is the University of Washington athletic director. So mm. it's nice to see some representation there. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, actually last week, North Notre Dame women's basketball head coach, Neil Ivy became the first black coach to win the ACC regular season title. She took over for, um, McGraw who retired in 2020 
Neil Ivy is a former Notre Dame All-American herself. She led them to their first national title in 2001, played in the WNBA, and she was an assistant coach on the Grizzlies in the NBA. So she oh, has... yeah. Yeah, yes. So she has quite the um, resume at this point. Hmm. I have one more, but I want to end with it. So do you have other ones? I don't. I'm, I'm all full. Did you, did you play FIFA in college? I don't know what that means. Like FIFA, the soccer, football? soccer video game no okay well i played it a lot and it's i was all men at the time the <laughs> national women's soccer league is making its fifa 23 debut on march 15th so next week all 12 teams will appear in the game team kits trophies celebrations and four of the national women's soccer league stadiums will be in the game nice yeah so That's i don't cool. play much for video games anymore but might have to break out the old FIFA. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I think Arnold yeah. used to play that. I'm just, I never got into video games. Yeah. We weren't a, allowed to yeah. have them. <laughs> you poor child. I know. All right. Well, make sure you guys stay on and listen for Elisa's interview. It'll play um, right after we sign off. Elisa, anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, everybody have fun. Let's um, bring home a couple of championships, eh? Yeah. Go Cyclones. <laughs> Go State. Welcome back to the Title IX podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Network. This is Elisa, and I'm so excited about this interview. We have a special guest on the pod today. She is one of the amazing forwards on the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters. Y'all come into Wells Fargo Arena March 21st, 7 p.m. We have Mia Mighty Hopkins, the... Harlem Globetrotter. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. So, okay. World famous Harlem Globetrotters. Duh. Everybody knows who they are. What is it like, like traveling, performing with such like an iconic team? It's an honor to be a part of this team, you know, that's been around since 1926 and I'm grateful to be in the position to be able to travel the world and put smiles on people's faces and play basketball and be myself all at the same time. Yeah, it was kind of, it's kind of, I see it as a way for people who love the game to just kind of keep playing, travel around. Like what, what are your specialties? What do you do that you did when you, you know, played in college, you played overseas. What have you brought to the, to the Harlem Globetrotters game? I would say my shooting abilities and my passion of the game of basketball and also now my personality, because you can't really always show your personality when you're playing basketball, you know, at the collegiate level, especially, but now they want your personality and I'm grateful now that I can be that and do that. Okay. So what is your personality? Are you like super intense yelling at the refs? <laughs> like what, what is your personality <laughs> on the court? Well, I mean, I guess a taste of both of that. Um, but I would say mostly just my passion for the game. You know, you'll feel my energy as soon as you walk in the gym. I love that. So I did see that you hit a half court shot on your first try at your high school gym. Yeah. Is this true? Like, Oh my gosh. I hope they got that on. I hope they got that uh, recorded oh, yeah, every somewhere. News station. Yes. Um, it was a lot of pressure. It was actually at my middle school gym, but yes, oh. it was amazing. Unreal moment. And the ball actually, when I made the shot, the ball rolled back and it just like sat at half court. Oh yeah, my gosh. Iconic. Can I tell yeah. you what I did in my middle school gym? When I was in middle school, I threw the ball at the ref. So we're <laughs> totally different people. You and I. <laughs> so, okay. You're one of uh, just a few women on the roster. I was going through the roster. Do you feel like there are times in games when traveling or like these media appearances or something where you're treated differently for being a woman, or is it just everybody's a globetrotter? Everybody's a globetrotter. And, you know, at being a woman, I think it gives us, you know, uh, a limelight to be able to inspire other women to show them, you know, like this was a man's team until 1985 when Lynette Woodard came on and she just lit the light and paved the way. And now we're following in her footsteps. 
That's so cool. Yeah. That's exciting. I was born 85. Let's go. Don't, don't judge me, but like, I feel like maybe I brought that energy to the globe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you and I could have talked about this just for a, a brief moment before we started recording, but you played overseas in Greece. Was it? Yeah, I played okay. in Czech Republic, Ireland, and Greece. Okay. So what like what was your experience what with that? What like what did you bring back? Like how was that for you? It was wild. <laughs> there was a lot of ups and downs and highs and lows. And I actually made a game winning shot when I was in the Czech Republic and the next day I got fired. Uh-uh. So, you know, you gotta have perseverance when you're out there and <sighs> I was out there by myself. And now that I'm a globetrotter, it's like, I'm kind of going back to these places now, especially in like France. And now I'm on a big stage, you know, I'm treated very different now than I was when I went over there, you know, by myself, trying to make it, trying to find a team. And I have a true rags to riches story. And I'm grateful now that everything's come full circle. Yeah. Okay. So you said you were out there alone. Do you, do you travel with a partner now? I mean, I travel with the Globetrotters now. Okay. Okay. I, I see what you're so saying. So they got my back. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see you. So, um, speaking of they've got our back. So a lot of the time on this podcast, we talk about, um, Brittany Griner, who we're a huge fan of. We're so glad that she's back. Um, but one of the reasons why she was detained was because she had to play overseas because a lot of the WNBA players, like even the big names like Brittany Griner just aren't making enough here and go overseas either for the experience or, you know, uh, another paycheck. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the WNBA now? saying like, oh, we need to figure out how to pay our players more. We're, we're committed to this. Um, so those players now won't be going overseas. What are your, what are your thoughts on both how that's going to either hurt or improve the WNBA NBA, and then either hurt or improve the overseas play? I think women's basketball has come so far already. And I've been saying even before this, that we are headed in a direction where I think we will see a big increase in pay in, you know, fame in being known to the public because girls can hoop too. So I think this has been a statement and we've been moving in this direction. And ever since the Brittany Griner incidents, that kind of showed people, Hey, like, let's pay our women a little bit more so they don't have to, you know, go overseas, but, what would be really cool is if Brittany Griner became a globetrotter. Oh, Hey, I hadn't thought about that. You know what she, so when she, she played for Baylor and I'm not going to get into you know <laughs> the coach who shall not be named on this podcast. Um, but we heard that she like, she like wrote a long board around. I wonder if she could like work that into like, maybe she could take a shot while she was riding her skateboard down. I think we could work on this. Yeah. Let's totally okay. be a cool thing. Let's work on this. Let's work on All this. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have absolutely no ends with Brittany Griner, but so you haven't met her yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. Have you met her? Not yet. Oh, okay. We're, we're going <laughs> to, maybe we need to write to our senators or something here. Okay. So <laughs> the, the women's game, like exactly like you said, it is growing like at such a rapid pace. And we talk mm-hmm. about this on the podcast that women's women's sports in general are worth getting in right now because the investment is going to grow at way more rapid pace than getting into a men's team or anything like that. There's attendance records being set every week. It feels like so much growing interest and just being fans of the game. Like where does your fandom lie? Like, do you, do you keep up with the NCAA, what the WNBA? What's your favorite team? I need to know. <laughs> I actually don't have a favorite team. And I also get asked this a lot, even with the NBA as well, you know, like, little kids are always like, who's your favorite NBA? Yeah. But for me, like I've just loved basketball. You know, we were just, we're actually here right now at the Wells Fargo center and Wells Fargo arena. Yeah. And (laughs) there is a college or a high school game going on right now. And like, we don't even know who these teams are and we're sitting there watching and we're like, into the game. Like still up there watching the game, eating his ice cream, like super excited because it's exciting. Yeah. 
So actually one of the play, the teams that I believe started at one 30 today is a team with Audie crooks, who is a girl who's going to come to Iowa state next yes. year. Yes. yes. We saw her. Yes. So I came to watch her on Wednesday. I believe I got some sick photos of her, like blocking shooting. And she's so beloved in the community. I'm, I'm very excited to hear that you got to go see her. What did you think of her? Well, we spotted her right away and you know, she <laughs> made a known impact as soon as she got in the game. So yeah, you know, flowers to her hats off to her and I'm excited to see what she does in the future. Yeah, definitely. So this is going to post after state tournament. So we will know if Adi and her team, who she also has an amazing team. They have a great point guard on that team, um, just all around their sharp shooters. They're great three point shooters, which really, um, they do a good job of like spreading the floor. It, they have, you have to double Adi. Like you have to <laughs> triple. I saw yeah. Triple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to guard her. And then when, when you can sh- shoot threes, it's like, what are you going to do? Exactly. With this Yeah. So anyway, I digress. Great. Love that. Uh, Another thing that I really wanted to ask you about. So I, I noticed that you have a workout clothing line. Can you tell me more about that? Of course. Yes. So my brand is called star Mia and I made it actually like through creating different words. Like I was putting like, you know, synonyms and prefixes and suffixes and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And the idea actually came to me when I was at a waterfall and I feel I had a spiritual intervention and I was looking at my tattoos and I just felt so connected to stars. And I was just like, I am a star. And yeah. like, it was just a, such a profound moment in my life. And it just came and I finally put the word together and star Mia and it just like it flowed. So that's how I got the name. And then I just created the slogan unveil the truth, which means to uncover any limitations that standing in the way of you and your true potential, which is infinite. Yeah. It's in everyone. So yeah, that's how I started the brand. And now we have sports bras as our main product and mm-hmm. we're getting into track suits now as well. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. So how long have you been doing that business? Well, I mean, it's been a, it's been a journey and yeah. I actually started it right around when I came home from Greece, I was injured. So okay. I came home from Greece and that's kind of where I put my focus when I wasn't focused on basketball. Cause I was injured during the time and basketball has always been my life. So it was kind of like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> and cause I had to come home and you know, people are like, are you going to get a job? And I'm like, <laughs> no. So I kind of had to figure out, you know, who I was, what I wanted to do. And I did some freelance work during that time. I did Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, walk dogs. I did anything I could, you know, to be able to support myself and my trainings. And that's when I really focused on being, becoming an entrepreneur. And that's when I started my brand. So, I mean, it's been being created for about a year and a half, two years, but we really are just now starting to launch like the products and all that because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I want to make sure everything is ready to go and everything's the way I want it to before I put it out to the public. I hear that. I hear that. So also an entrepreneur. So I get you. I'm with you. Um, just talking to you and I knew it was going to be this way because I kind of looked at some of your social media and stuff. Like I'm dying to go watch you now. Like I'm dying to like, see what you do on the court. I want to know a little bit more about like, the, like if people come to Wells Fargo arena for the globe trotters game, do you guys still play the generals? What's like, what's the, what's the vibe? <laughs> yes, we play the generals, but you'll see all sorts of stuff. You know, you'll see fly high dunks. You'll see entertainment, you know, like one of our captains might go up and start eating popcorn during the game. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to see kids or grandmas or anybody that is at the game is going to be laughing and having a good time and also enjoying good basketball because you'll see us hooping out there as well. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. It's not going to be like the all-star game where there's no defense, right? No. And I always, I always like (laughs) start to play defense and I, I begin to a little intense sometimes, you know, because I played with guys before this, so I'm not this and I, I make it known that I'm a hooper. Yeah, no, I, I fully expect you to like be a star. And I think that's hilarious too. Cause I can just see you just like, <laughs> Oh, I'm so into this game. Oh, Oh wait, it's a show. It's a show, it's a show, <laughs> but it's also a game. So that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So 
I'm so grateful to get to talk to you. I feel like now we're lifelong friends. I'm sure that they have a, a full schedule for you. Where did you go anywhere for lunch? We actually just ate some very good ice cream for lunch and we are enjoying the, the girls game that's going on here now. Okay. Can I make, I don't know how long you're going to be in town, mm-hmm. but I do want to make a couple, couple suggestions. Zombie okay. burger. It's a zombie themed burger place. Whoa. Okay. Pretty dope. <laughs> that that's my very favorite thing uh, people are literally listening to this podcast right now screaming at me other places if you want dessert go down to creme okay i'm a dessert person go down to creme uh lachelle's is right by creme also a burger place and then across from there, lucky lotus is a okay. very delicious like asian restaurant so those awesome. are all of my suggestions. Thank Just you. To somebody, have you been to Iowa before? First time. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you other suggestions as I think of them. Great. But thank you. I'm going to check uh, Wells Fargo Arena's socials because I know you guys are going to be up to some crazy things today, spinning the ball, all sorts of places. I'm sure always. Uh, (laughs) So listeners, if you want to come to that game, March 21st, 7 PM, visit hivyticks.com to purchase your tickets. Come down to the Wells Fargo arena box office. I used to work there. I know they're going to be mad at me for sending you there because they don't want all those lines, but it's the best place to buy tickets because the people there are super friendly. So I think you, that you guys are going to have a great crowd. We are a basketball community. You can see that with all of the people. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. At the, at the girls games right now. Oh, we love basketball. So we're so excited for the Globetrotters to be back again. And thanks again. Enjoy your time here in Iowa. Thank you very much.